Hello, friends, and welcome to Unknown. I'm Jason McClellan. Thanks for hanging out with me today. Today, we're talking about the buzzing topic in the UFO community, and that, of course, is the recent announcement made by musician, entrepreneur, and UFO researcher Tom DeLong. On Wednesday, October 11th, Transmedia Company to the Stars hosted a live-streamed event during which founder Tom DeLonge announced the company's latest endeavor, To the Stars Academy of Arts and Science. The announcement had been teased for a good eight months prior, but various events beyond DeLonge's control caused the extended delay. DeLonge chose author and journalist Leslie Kane to be the source of the initial introduction to To the Stars Academy. In an October 10th Huffington Post article, Kane stated, quote, Former high-level officials and scientists with deep black experience who have always remained in the shadows are now stepping into the light, end quote. She continued, quote, These insiders have long-standing connections to government agencies which may have programs investigating unidentified aerial phenomena, UAP. They intend to move into the private sector and to make all declassified information and any future knowledge available for all to see, end quote. These high-level officials and scientists were introduced by DeLong during a live stream on October 11th. They include Jim Simivan, former senior intelligence service member of the Central Intelligence Agency, Dr. Harold E. Pudoff, a theoretical physicist who created the CIA's psychic spy program, Steve Justice, a former director of advanced systems at Lockheed Skunk Works, Lou Elizondo, former senior intelligence officer in the office of the Secretary of Defense, and Chris Mellon, former deputy assistant Secretary of Defense for intelligence in the Clinton and Bush administrations. DeLong introduced to the Stars Academy, stating, quote, I've worked for two years to construct a mechanism that I feel was missing, one that can take the biggest secret, the most controversial secret on Earth, and surround it with three groundbreaking strategies that will innovate, educate, and hopefully wildly entertain at the same time, end quote. He continued, quote, Our institution looks to build a perpetual funding machine that can continuously attack those three things, aerospace, science, and entertainment. Again, some important stories to tell, a need to learn more, and a plan to engineer the technology observed, end quote. Quote, To the Stars Academy of Arts and Science aims to communicate historic events and forward-thinking ideas through a motion picture and include you on ongoing important scientific discovery and build an exotic craft with an energy source that can revolutionize the world, end quote, DeLong explained. The mission statement for this new endeavor states, To the Stars Academy strives to be a powerful vehicle for change by creating a consortium among science, aerospace, and entertainment that will work collectively to allow gifted researchers the freedom to explore exotic science and technologies with the infrastructure and resources to rapidly transition them to products that can change the world. The Academy is taking a modified crowdfunding approach to finance its mission. 
rather than seeking traditional donations to the Stars Academy of Arts and Science, was set up as a Regulation A plus public benefits corporation. So people who choose to give money to the Academy are investing, not donating. The investment circular further describes the Academy, quote, in what we believe is the first transparent partnership of its kind, the company will collaborate with global citizens to investigate underfunded areas of research that could lead to awe-inspiring discoveries and innovations. We believe transformative research of the type we propose should not be considered too taboo for serious academic research, and we advocate that the search and investigation of new discoveries should be made broadly available to the public using the lens of entertainment media. Our goal is to inspire the imagination in the scientific mysteries of the universe and their profound implications on human potential and the future of our planet." More information is available on the To The Stars Academy website, and you can also watch the full October 11th presentation there too. Not surprisingly, the announcement was met with strong reactions from UFO researchers, the general public, and media outlets around the world. There were plenty of people eager to voice disappointment at DeLong's failure to deliver some epic disclosure about the government being in possession of UFOs and or aliens or some other equally earth-shattering revelation. Others were simply unimpressed, opining that similar groups with similar goals have been formed in the past, so this new group isn't anything special or exciting. But there were plenty of people excited by the announcement and the possibilities such an endeavor presents. Now, because the announcement was so polarizing, it presented the perfect opportunity to host a roundtable, or as I like to call them, a saucer-shaped table discussion on this topic. I am happy to have our roundtable officially in session. I am joined today by UFO researcher Chris Wolford, author and proprietor of punkrockandufos.com, Mike DeMonte, and author and UFO philosopher, MJ Benias. Guys, thank you so much for joining me today and participating in this roundtable discussion, specifically focused on Tom DeLonge and his To the Stars Academy announcement. Very happy to be here. Thanks, Jason. Yeah, thank you, Jason. Absolutely. So let's jump into it, guys, and I guess we'll start just with the very basics and i'll go down the line here and i would love to hear from each one of you your very brief just kind of initial reaction when you heard what came out of this uh, announcement from tom delong about to, to the stars academy of arts and science so we will start with you chris and uh we'll, we'll go more in depth in this later but uh just your initial reaction after you heard what came out of this announcement um i was excited it's been a long time coming and uh to be honest uh I wasn't expecting so much of uh, so much negativity towards it. To be honest, I thought a little bit more people would be a little bit more excited about. It, but there tends to be a lot of negativity with this. Yeah, so. for sure, for sure. How about you, Mike? Um, so initially, I, I was a little not disappointed. Um, I was kind of relieved that it was going to be something that was um, not expected. 
Um, I don't think this is what anyone really expected or predicted what was going to uh, come of the announcement. Um, and I, I wasn't let down in a way. It was just kind of um, – it's, it's really hard to describe. Like, I did two blog posts on it, and the first one I did was, you know, just kind of explaining what it was, and, you know, it was a little very optimistic. And then the second one I did, you know, I kind of looked further more into it and thought about it some more, and it was a little bit more objective. Um, but just kind of, I mean, initial thoughts were it's something that if you take it at face value, it could be cool. Um, it's not some, you know, it's not um, blowing the doors off anything or uh, disclosing any, you know, uh, top secret information yet. But if it's, you know, I, I think I said if it's, you know what, if we get a few, um, you know, a few examples of unreleased footage or if we get something from it, some discovery or even, you know, the documentary film, it's not a total bust. What about you, MJ? Initial reaction? Yeah, I think I, I, I got to watch it live, which was, yeah. you know, um, interesting. And it was interesting, too, for me that I, I really had actually at first trouble connecting. And I was, I was missing something. So when I got on at about 11, I think I missed about the first 10 minutes of it. And I got on and I was like, oh, OK, I'm really excited. What is this? You know, finally, it's here. And I, and I thought maybe I missed some something big in the beginning. And then I it slowly sort of dawned on me that um it was, you know, probably one of the most, I don't want to say disappointing, but disappointing um, sort of announcements only because I think the world was kind of hoping for something different. Um, and I think what he's offering is is fundamentally sort of similar to what others in the UFO community have sort of offered before um, when it comes to, you know, you can buy in on the ground floor and invest in this sort of campaign and, and I'm going to bring you, you know, the latest and greatest technology and, and, you know, this sort of messianic kind of um, claim that he's making in, in certain ways, technological messiah, messiah, technological messianic claim. Um, so I, I was a little disappointed. I have to be honest. Um, since I've sort of reflected on it, um, I'm sort of in the process of, of researching and writing a blog post concerning it. So I've had to really check myself a little bit in what I say and what I think. Um, so initial reaction, significant, significant disappointment. Uh, you know, a few days or weeks or whatever have gone by. I don't remember. A week has gone by. Um, it's I'm starting to make peace with it. Let's talk a little bit about the the disappointment that, you know, I think is echoed by a lot of people who who watch the, the announcement um, and, and the hype, you know, the source of the hype and the expectations that were built. So I, I guess just open to anybody who wants to, to jump in on this. Um, why do you think there were so many people who feel let down by what was announced and, and uh, you know, just where... I, I don't know, I guess the source of the hype, we know that, uh, you know, Tom, for, you know, a good eight months or so, and even beyond that, um, hyped up an announcement, an impending announcement, and important cool shit that he's been working on, uh, you know, that's been coming for months and months and months, and, and little teasers here and there, but let's talk about the source of the hype and the expectations that were built. Um, cool. Yeah, jump on in. Yeah, I'll jump in on that. So, Jason, uh, you and myself, uh, we've met Tom before. We've interviewed him before. We've followed his career before You know, he got involved in UFOs. And this is something he's been doing pretty much his whole career uh, towards the, the later stages of Blink. And then we started Angels and Airwaves. So him overhyping stuff. And just for me interviewing before, he's very passionate about what he talks. And he has a really good way with words um, to get people excited about his projects. 
Um, the funny thing is, you know, the people who were a lot of people who are disappointed are were bagging him from the start. So people who didn't trust him to come through from the start. And then when he didn't, they're like, oh, well, I'm still disappointed. It's like, well, you didn't you know, you didn't expect, you know, anything big from the start. So you can't be you can't be mad all of a sudden because he didn't come through with what you didn't expect to come through in the first place. Um, so. I think that's kind of funny how a lot of people who were doubting him from the start or just, you know, for some reason was expecting, right. um, you know, well, him, him, to, him to come through with something. Plus, behind the scenes, to be honest, there was a lot of uh, turmoil because yeah. one of his uh, leading, I guess, so-called witnesses uh, went and parted ways because of basically Tom was promoting the evil alien thing and the person who he was going to use uh, said, no, that's not been my experience uh, with these, whatever they are, and I'm not going to be part of this. I'm going to support you, but I'm not going to be a part of this. And I think that was, in fact, I know that was part of the reason why there was a, de- a delay uh, recently in the last couple months, uh, because they had already shot so many episodes of this TV docuseries already, featuring this witness and now they had to pull that stuff away what was the source of that information um that's from the person themselves um chris bledsoe uh senior okay um he was part of uh delon's group i mean um there were so many people that were so down on delon saying you're really not meeting with uh your sources you're not meeting with this or that or whoever you're talking about and then Chris politely just put out this photograph of him sitting at this table and you could see Tom Dolan sitting right there and you could see to the left of him, Jim, Jim Semivan, mm-hmm. one of the people that didn't speak at the uh, right. um, announcement, but he was featured there and he's an interesting, interesting fellow. It's so funny yeah. too. I mean, just, just a side note how there are still, I saw so many people uh, still questioning Tom's ability or or his claims that he's met with high level people and even questioning his uh, just some of the things that have already been definitively proven um, through photographic evidence and things. Uh, It's it's pretty funny how how selective people are and what they they want to accept um, with what's happened to this point. But then again, I mean, not everybody has followed it as closely as we have. You know, they've seen and followed some threads on Facebook. But, uh, you know, MJ, what are your thoughts on this? Um, you know, I, I don't necessarily doubt Tom in his contacts or his claims. You know, I, I really don't. I, I think he has had these meetings. Right. Um, and, and we can sort of, you know, debate potentially the the validity of the information he's being given sure. or or... We can debate, you know, the integrity or the honesty of 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 his contacts, um, and and sort of what their agenda is in all this. But I think fundamentally, I think my big issue with this whole situation is, um, you know, ultimately at the end of the day, um, he he's starting sort of this company, whatever you want to call it, crowdsourced company um, that is asking for sort of a relatively small amount of money um, with the sort of big claim that, you know, we are going to revolutionize human technology um, and, and, you know, push us into the 25th century in the 21st. 
Um, and you know, this can all be yours for $200. Um, I, I, you know, I'm a little dubious, right? I mean, he makes, he's making a sort of a significant claim here and I don't necessarily think, uh, he has sort of maybe the ability to, to provide, um, the reality sort of behind his claim. Um, and then once you start reading kind of the offer letter on, on the, I guess the investment side of things, you know, the investors will have to end up paying him personally a lot of money in order to keep this company going. So again, you know, he will be making or generating some income from this. Um, not that he necessarily needs it, but you know, again, you know, money tends to kind of cloud people's judgment, I think, and, and him kind of saying, you know, invest, um, in this project, I think probably would have alienated a lot of people who were sort of hoping or, 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 uh, looking to him to provide, you know, finally a door to some high level officials, um, you know, but again, sort of there's there's a monetary aspect here. Before we get into some of the, the those guts of what this company is and, and some of the other uh, uh, finer details that have uh, rubbed some people the wrong way, um, let me just jump back to some of the disappointment that people have been very vocal about. And, you know, something that we heard a lot about and saw a lot of people posting about online, and, and certainly when the announcement was happening live, was just this frustration and it just so many people chanting, like, come on, give us disclosure. Where's the di- dis- disclosure you promised? And when disclosure didn't happen, then they slammed their fists on the table and said, we're done. We're done with the long screw this guy. He didn't give us disclosure. Now, I'd love to hear from you guys, you know, your take on this, because as far as I'm concerned and, and uh, you know, I'm pretty familiar with this project and, you know, full disclosure, I, I did work with Tom. A lot of people know that I, I Tom called me and hired me to work for to the stars to help start that company. So I did work closely with Tom and was privy to a lot of this stuff before it even ramped up. But I never heard Tom promise disclosure. He promised that he was working on big shit, that he was meeting with big, you know, high-level officials, and that he wanted people to come along the ride, and it's going to be great, and we're going to learn all this great stuff. But there was this huge overhype, for some reason in people's mind, uh, this promise of disclosure. So do you think people were justified in that, uh, <laughs> that assumption? It's the UFO community scared of the big fish in the room now that actually grew a pair of balls and did something. And that's the biggest thing I'm right now. I'm laughing at all the UFO researchers that are my colleagues who are saying that Tom is going to do nothing. He's going to make a lot of money off of this. What's really, that's such a stupid carrot to dangle in front of the UFO research researchers because they just grab onto that right away because they, that's all they see. Yeah, uh, I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead, Mike. I was going to say, you know, like the, the, the money aspect of it, I think the circular is definitely problematic. But, you know, Tom's not a, you know, he's not trying to be a profiteer as people have painted him out. You know, that 100K salary he's going to get, which people were kind of commenting about. I was talking to Jason about this earlier. He can make a hundred, if he gets back with Blink, he can make 100K in about two weeks worth of touring. So, if he's not well, doing it and for the money. side note, let's let's be honest here. I mean, he's got Angels and Airwaves. He still has Blink, whether he tours or not. He is yeah. still a third owner of the company Blink One Eighty Two. So and he's still getting money by sitting on the sidelines. Absolutely. 
and we're yeah. talking millions of dollars, like a hundred grand. He, he can piss on that, honestly. I mean, you know, it, it it's a hell of a lot of money to me, but for him, like a hundred grand, meh. All right, sorry, Mike, go ahead. Yeah, no, no, uh, that, I was saying to that too, but you know, if you look at their offering circle, if they raise uh, 50 million, that's not enough to build a spaceship. Um, you know, if that money's used elsewhere, um, in terms of, you know, um, showing that, you know, funding the documentary film uh, that, you know, I believe has been done. It just hasn't been uh, shown yet. I think Chris brought up earlier. There's reasons why they haven't been able to show it yet. They doing some editing as well. Uh, but, you know, if it le- at least leads to some type of advancement, like I said, it's not a total bust. But like I said that the business model, I think, needs work. And I think Tom needs a, a bigger team uh, around him because uh, To the Stars is a relatively small operation as yes, it, it is, is right now. You know, it's being an quote unquote, you know, entertainment media company. So if they want to branch out into, into this division they're doing, they need more people. He needs more business-minded people to guide him because it, I feel like if he doesn't, it's just going to end up being a failure. So I think he needs more people. He needs to surround himself with better people um, other than – I mean, I'm not trying to dog anyone who works for him now, but, like, you know, it's a relatively small operation. And, you know, you need for something this magnitude, you know, $50 million. If that's how much they raise, I don't think that's going to be able to accomplish what he wants to build. That's not really going to even cover the uh, the feature film, films that uh, are in the works. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you look at the company structure right now and all of these high-level people he's got on board, they're not employees. You know, they're just contractors and who knows what contribution they're they're going to make or how much time they're going to put into the company. We don't know that. Um, so right now the company is very small. And I will say this, and something that I think is important to emphasize to people who are doubting Tom's ability to follow through with this stuff, and let's remember who Tom is. Tom is an entertainer. Entertainment is what he does, and he acknowledges that. So he's going to be focusing on doing what Tom DeLong does, and that is creating entertainment. So he's already made it known that he's not going to remain the CEO of this company. That's going to be hopefully given to somebody who's more capable and has the uh, the determination and follow through and the time to devote to such a crazy endeavor like this and, you know, working on, you know, spaceships and, and whatever. So that's not going to be in Tom's hands. Tom's going to be taking care of his entertainment stuff and his music and everything that Tom DeLong wants to do while business is pushed to somebody who knows business. Hopefully, fingers crossed, but that's the plan. Well, isn't Jim Semivan, I want to say, isn't he the president of To The Stars Academy? I think he's he's right under Tom, right? In terms yeah, of rank? Yes. Yeah, I think he's very high up. So Yeah, he's I, the I vice president of operations, and Tom yeah, exactly. is currently the president and CEO, but they've made that clear, and it's in the circular, too, that they're currently looking for a CEO to replace Tom. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll see who he pulls out of a hat, but... You know, I'm sure it'll be somebody big that we don't even think of. Um, I find it funny that um, going back to the WikiLeaks, um, that he was talking to the Skunk Works, uh, Lockheed Martin Skunk Works uh, CEO, and now we get Steve Justice. Obviously, we couldn't get the CEO, and Steve Justice just so happens to uh, leave his job at uh, Skunk Works to go and work on this craft that they are gonna possibly build which again i that's kind of laughable to me i mean i that'd be great if they did but um i i don't i'm not that's not what i'm interested in i'm more interested in what his contacts can provide to everybody 
whether it be footage, uh, rightly or wrongly, maybe he is being used, maybe he isn't. I don't know. Uh, I have an inclination that he probably is because this is not the first time in the the world of uh, UFOs that somebody's been uh, with an ego has been gotten to, and they said you're going to be the chosen one, and you're going to be the one to tell the story. And he said, "Yeah, I'll I'll do this," and we're we're off to the races now. So. Since we've already touched on it, let's let's stick with money for a little bit because I know the money issue is something that's rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. And if you spent any time in the UFO field, you know that money is a sensitive issue. And if you ever charge money for anything, uh, you you face the wrath of of many people because disinformation is so important it belongs to the world you can't charge for this this is stuff that should be free and open to everybody so who cares if you're investing millions of your own dollars damn it you give that to me for free so this is definitely something that uh you know has been a huge problem with a lot of people when they heard this the the whole investment the public benefit corporation the way this business has been set up to uh crowdfund but uh in an investment model so so let's talk a little more about that and just I'll throw this question out there. Guys, what is wrong with trying to make money off UFOs? So I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to jump I'm going to jump in on this just sort of to touch on I guess the this idea of the of the public benefit corporation or whatever. Um I mean ultimately if we look at sort of the alleged information Tom DeLong has access to um, which is primarily from contacts within the U.S. government. Um, th- theoretically, theoretically, um, democratically, um, any knowledge or information or even, let's say, alien craft hidden in some bunker um, is technically the property of the American people already, right? Um, taxpayers are paying for the military. Taxpayers are paying for um, military bases and all of this, right? So theoretically... The taxpayer is already the owner of, of this data and information. Um, it is it is due to um, you know uh, concepts of of I suppose classified information or top secret or national security information that um, ultimately the American government is choosing to withhold this data. Now, allegedly, Mr. DeLong somehow is going to have the ability, or or his contacts are going to have the ability to suddenly waive their top secret um, sort of. Uh, I guess, oaths that they took or whatever you call it in the United States um, to suddenly disclose information or, or leak footage from gun cameras from, you know, uh, F-18 fighter jets or, or whatever, um, you know, which is already property of the American public. Um, so I guess my concern with this specific case is, is if Mr. DeLong is claiming that, you know, OK, I have all this um, di- I have all this data from government sources that, you know, we're going to slowly release out. Uh, charging money for it, I think, to the American public is basically making them pay tax twice, um, which I, I think people have issue with. The second part of this, sorry, go ahead. I heard someone say something. Well, I was just going to jump in and say I, I know that I saw some people complaining about that too, and and kind of making the assumption and alluding to the fact that all of this information is going to only be released to those who pay money to Tom DeLonge. And, you know, from from what I've seen, that's not the case. I mean, obviously, he's going to continue selling his books and movies and things like that. I'm sure you'll have to pay a ticket for. But, uh, you know, a TV show is not going to be something that you have to pay for. And that seems to be the 
the means to release these photos and documents and things that he's uh, talked about so far. But, uh, you know, as far as the information only coming to those who invest, that has not been proposed yet. No, and that's not, that's not my claim. I, sure. I guess my, my I just my wanted claim. to bring that up because right. I know people were, were talking about that. Yeah, I mean, my, my claim is ultimately any ufological information that is held by the government, by any government, that government ultimately answers to its people who elected them and pay tax um, to basically do that ufological, I guess, research or crash recovery or whatever you want to, you know, whatever sort of, um, you know, story you want to tell. Um, so, so ultimately, I think, you know, at the end of the day, the American government has some duty to its people to disclose information. Um, that's not going to happen. Um, in, in any of our lifetimes, it, it should there be something. But I think I, I think the bigger sort of question here is, is, you know, is if Mr. DeLong is sort of trying to create a company with the intention of sort of releasing this data, I, I guess, why do his contacts in the military sort of need this organization to start? You know, what I mean, like, I, I'm, I'm trying to piece the dots together here as to why just he just doesn't simply say, this belongs to everyone because you know you've already paid for it through your tax dollars here are all the photographs that we have whatever like you know like why is it being layered in sort of this documentary style method or, or whatever books you know the trilogy that he's writing or you know like i'm i'm not really positive exactly how he's gonna lay it all out there but uh, i guess a lot of people were expecting that uh like we talked about before disclosure um if he just has access to information why not just share it we own it already don't we I, in an ideal world. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, you're making the assumption that this is not just one giant program to get this information out. Yes, we do own it as U.S. citizens. We probably do own all that information. But the way, and again, I've been in the loop secretly uh, talking to Christopher Bledsoe and a few other people, I, I knew that Hal Putoff was part of this group about a year ago. Um, from my understanding, this is a program to basically bring this topic out in a way that it's hands-off from the U.S. government and more in the hands of a Tom DeLon, a, a schmuck, who can not so much take the fall, but be the guy, the, the, I guess, the, 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 the man in the middle, so to speak, so the U.S. government doesn't look so ugly when some of this information does come through this uh, project that he's working on. Um, now, that's up for debate. Uh, you could probably say, Chris, who are your sources? I'm not going to tell you, but that's what they've told me. Um, it's been a very um, beat my head against the wall kind of uh, year because I've been saying that um, for this past year that there is going to be some meat on that on these bones. Um, no, we're not going to get disclosure. He never said that. Jason is absolutely correct. He never said disclosure, but he absolutely did say that he was going to set out to do this. And he has done it, and he's just taken heat and. I, I just I give him a lot of credit, whether he is being used or not. But I still give him credit because he's doing something that none of us have been able to do: break through the government's secrecy. And obviously, they either chose him or he 
well, you know, like he said he did, he went in there to Lockheed Skunk Works and he told them that he had this idea and they went with it. I don't know which is the case, whether they chose him or is he telling the truth. But in any case, we're, we're getting further, I guess, with this process than what we've done the last 70 years. Yeah, and, may, uh, yeah, maybe. I mean, I have yet to see anything that has furthered the research of UFOs. With related to this project? Yeah. Oh, well, soon, my friend. All the good yeah. things. <laughs> yeah, it always takes time. Who, yeah. Well, it does. I mean, again, that's what I've been told. It's going to take time. Well, and let's look what we have already had. I mean, the small things that, you know, don't seem oh. all that exciting to us, you know, are kind of huge. I mean, we had a... And whether we believe it or not, you know, that's up to us individually. But we had acknowledgement that the CIA still investigates UFOs. You know, we all assume that. But we had a public acknowledgement that the CIA has a program still investigating UFOs after they told us for years that, no, we don't investigate UFOs anymore. I mean, that is gigantic. That was a gigantic piece. Go ahead, Mike. I, I say I was going to punt off what Jason was saying. And we really need to look at all the small things here. Sorry. Good job. I like oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, no, even like, it. so I'm really looking forward to the documentary and the TV show. That's what I'm looking forward to the most. Um, and the thing is, Tom could go on, he could go on, you know, on, on TV and show footage and releases information, you know, partial disclosure, whatever. At the end of the day, though, outside of us, who's going to care? And I don't mean that in a bad way, but unless a UFO lands on the, you know, on the lawn of the White House on live television, it's going to be really hard to get the masses involved. Um, Tom pulls headlines just because of, you know, he has this reputation. You know, the media is, oh, the crazy guy who left Blink-182 to go chase aliens. You know, that's why, he you know, all these, you know, these outlets report on him. Um, and, you know, we're interested in him because, you know, we, we followed his career or we're interested in the study of UFOs. Um, so I think the show is still going to be, no matter what he reveals, it's still going to be very niche, you know, to us, you know, even if it's stuff we know or stuff we haven't, you know, we haven't seen yet. Um, you know, that's, that's, you know, to be determined, but you know, if anything, like if you look at the news, how it was covered, the announcement, it wasn't even covered as much as all the previous stories about him having an announcement. Um, so it's going to be curious to see, you know, what he comes out with. Uh, how the mainstream kind of reacts to it. Because like I said, he could come out with, you know, hard evidence. I mean, we've seen, you know, of, of years of research and stuff we've read and seen, you know, we've seen stuff that we consider evidence, right? That's mm -hmm. evidence enough for us and for others to believe. But, you know, you still have that mainstream ideology that doesn't, just doesn't care. And I think, you know, we as a society have to care more for this, um, for this stuff to be more um, poignant and to, to hit, to have greater impact. Let's talk a little bit about uh, Tom's ability to actually access these people. That's something that a lot of people have questioned, too. Like, number one, how did Tom get access to these people? And why would they share this information with him? Happy to let anybody take that and run with it. I, from what I'm aware is... And again, this is going back to a few interviews he did, uh, I want to say, over six months ago. He did a podcast uh, for the motherboard. And in that podcast, 
he says <clears throat> he was told it's just good timing. Now is a good time. Right. Uh, and again, I, I don't know why that is, but it is. So it is. It's just good timing right now. So I don't know why that is, but they've decided to um, do this project. And uh, well, go ahead, Mike. Uh, I want to interject to that. I think interrupt you, Chris. If that is true, timing. I think it's good timing because the, the mainstream um, public doesn't, you know, that's not on their radar right now. We have so many things going on in this country and in the world that would never be UFOs on the so. Well, I, I think it's, you know, it's funny to me. I laugh a little when I see people question Tom's ability to get meetings with high ranking officials um, and access the people that he's gotten access to, because in the UFO field, we've seen that happen before um, from people who aren't as famous as Tom. And with Tom, I, I think it comes down to two very simple things. He's famous and he asked, you know, it, it really is that simple. Um, but we know that Leslie Kane has, has been able to access high level people before we know that, uh, somebody, I don't like to mention his name, but Steven Greer, um, you know, was able to access high level people and contrary or, or just on a different page than Greer, who always claims that he briefed certain high level people on things, which means that he like passed somebody and like gave them a piece of paper or something who cares. Um, Tom actually had meetings with people and we know that he had in-depth discussions and we know that people are involved in his film like John Podesta and others who are active government and military people, whereas, you know, do notice that all of the people involved with To the Stars Academy are former government and military officials. I think that's important to pay attention to. But he, he has met with these people and a lot of it comes down to the fact that he is famous and that grants a lot of access. Remember that although we like to paint military and government as these evil bad guys in the world of UFOs, there are enemies. Uh, they're still just people, you know, and these people, a lot of them have kids and their kids know damn well who Blink-182 is. And they think it's pretty damn cool that dad's getting to meet with Tom DeLonge. So. Yeah, um, I'm just trying to think of... I know for a fact there's a reason why all these people are retired is because obviously they can be a little bit more forward in what they can say versus if you're still in. Sure. Um, I'm trying to think. Um, Tom, he's out. I mean, Jason, you interviewed him uh, a while ago where he, he's always been into this. And he is knowledgeable. I mean, the the thing, and it's funny you bring up Stephen Greer. He was with Stephen Greer. Yep. Uh, nobody seems to uh, say this. Don't you find it weird that Stephen Greer is promoting positive aliens? DeLon's saying they're evil. Well, which is it? You know, <laughs> we. we so I, I that's, well, that's always a question that we have to you know ask ourselves because we hear so many conflicting things in this uh, field that we're in. But uh, yes, I'm glad you brought that up, and I do like to remind people of that that Tom DeLong has researched this subject 
for a longer period of time than many of the leading researchers in the field today. He, you know, make moment, no mistake, he is extremely well read on this subject and has researched it a hell of a lot longer than I have. He has researched this topic for, for decades and, uh, you know, I put his, his research ability and his just book knowledge uh, on the subject uh, well above pretty much anybody I have met in this field. And guys, I, I've met pretty much everybody. So <laughs> I, I, I want people to remember that. He is not just some crazy guy who thinks, oh, UFOs are cool, man. No, he is genuinely passionate about this. He's done his research. He knows his shit. Um, but... Beyond that, with his, you know, business ideas and the way he's approaching them and what, if anything, they're going to produce, you know, we'll have to wait and see. But make no mistake, he is a serious UFO researcher. And also, real quick, and I don't want to take any more of your time, um, but MUFON does the same thing, ask for money and nobody blinks the eye. But yet we're going to get something possibly, at least with Tom versus MUFON, and I'm not trying to bash on MUFON, but I, I made that point and said, MUFON does the same thing. They ask for money, and what do you get? You get a little card that says you're a member. That's it. And you your little journal if you want, but yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, it's I a mean, good point. Tom, yeah, I mean, Tom is actually going to try, and he has people. MUFON, what they have right now is that cult woman, the one that has her own cult. <laughs> uh, I forget her name, but she she bought her way into the inner workings of MUFON. I, I just think that's hilarious. And MUFON people went ape shit on me, but I don't really care. But <laughs> I mean, <laughs> they they didn't like that at all. They just they're very dubious of Tom DeLonge. And, and he, here's uh, the thing. I mean, no nobody has to give Tom DeLonge money. Like. No. Feel free if you believe in in this uh, endeavor. Go ahead and invest. If you listen to anybody else, read the circular. It, invest is is a loose term. You know, it, it's this is really crowdfunding. You should look at it as crowdfunding because that's what it is. Um, really, in my opinion, you know, from what we've seen so far, it probably not a good investment, um, meaning that you're not going to see a return on your money. But if it's something you believe in, sure, throw money towards it like you do anything else. Look at everybody else, not everybody, but a lot of people in this field particularly, and you will see all the time people saying, hey, donate money here. Hey, mm -hmm. give me money on Patreon. Like, it's a thing. And I can't fault people for that, for, you know, trying to make money doing what they're passionate about. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Everybody's asking for money. This seems like a lot because it's, quote, unquote, an investment, and it's $200. If you don't want to spend $200 to fund this endeavor, eh, you can still go on the To The Stars website and buy a $20 T-shirt, and you're helping. Exactly. You buy <laughs> two books and you... $30 polo shirt. I got it. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 sorry, I have. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm jump in, MJ. Yeah, yeah. Because I think, I think, you know, there's a there's a fundamental difference between um, supporting, you know, let's say a UFO researcher you like by, you know, giving them a few bucks on Patreon um, because you like their work, or you want to support their podcast, or you want to, you know, help them write a book or whatever, um, versus giving money to a man who is claiming he is going to build a spaceship that can travel through space, time, water. Like he, he he wants to build a TARDIS essentially from Doctor Who, um, and and I think that that 
you know, I think you really used an important term here. Like you, you sort of said, give him money if you believe. And I think it, this is kind of where I think a lot of people in the UFO community sort of compare um, Tom DeLonge to sort of other, uh, to use the term sort of charlatans in the field. I'm not saying Tom is a charlatan. I, not at all. I, I, I'm sure he has, I'm sure he's a man of integrity and I'm sure he's a man, like you say, uh, of significant knowledge in, in regards to the UFO field. Um, but uh, you kind of hit upon the point here where you are literally um, believing in him that he is going to build a, a spaceship that can travel the stars. He's not building a rocket like Elon Musk is. He is building a starship um, that that will project humanity 500 years into the future technologically within, you know, a, a limit, you know, a short amount of time. And I think that, that this is kind of um, maybe where a lot of people have concerns, especially, you know, the ufologists or the UFO researchers who are a little more science oriented or a little more um, oriented towards sort of skepticism. Um, he, he's basically asking for money so that he can sort of take on this, 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 significant task and and it's very difficult to see the difference between that and cult leaders who ask for money um you know to build like you know compounds and ranches and and where you know we can all drink kool-aid together um, and board the the spaceship you know behind the hail bob comet so um you know i'm not saying he's a cult leader or anything i'm just saying that i think within the ufo community we've had this before um massive claims uh regarding sort of what's going to happen and then it never being sort of delivered on what if i mean for devil's advocate here what if for you know somehow he does kind of fall through and is able to you know to the stars is able to produce this technology do we look at that in the ufo community as a failure because it's not full disclosure you know if he uses you know some of the um alien quote-unquote alien tech that the government's kind of sent his way. I mean, it's the same thing. If you know, if you believe in after Roswell, that a lot of our technology was given to corporations to then, uh, you know, reverse engineer and use, you know, under the guise of it just being quote unquote foreign technology. If he does the same thing, only if it's um, in the public eye and not private, I mean, would we consider this a failure? That's a question I'm curious about. Would we consider the failure of Tom DeLonge building a spaceship that can travel through time and space? Like, I I'm not. I'm not sure. What do you mean? What we considered a failure? Well, like in the UFO community. So if he does come through with that, but it's not 100% disclosure. If he says, "Look, I've worked with these people. We've reverse engineered this alien technology. Well, Here's what we have." But we're not. I'm not telling you 100%. You know, disclosure. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, That's what I'm curious. Sure. So let's say let's say Tom DeLonge successfully builds this ship that can travel through space and time. Um, <laughs> um, well, I think ultimately you'd, you'd sort of have a similar situation to, let's say, just, you know, E.T. landed on the front lawn of, of the White House. I think yeah. ufology itself would die instantly. I think <laughs> I think I think if Tom DeLonge built literally a, a vehicle that could travel through space and time and could potentially interact with, you know, intelligent life elsewhere in the known universe, um, I, I think there would be no more ufology. Right. I think fundamentally his his project, his work would enter the realm of the general sciences, right? We would, we would open up a whole new branch of scientific inquiry and knowledge. Um, so I, I don't think it would be a failure, you know, in regards to the UFOs and disclosure. I think it would, it would, just, it would just be the death knell of, of ufology itself. There'd be no more purpose of studying UFOs only because we would simply travel to the place from which they're from um, and be like, hey, sup, we're here now. And, and, you know, really probably freak them out um, 
unless they know we're doing it. Bum, bum, bum. I think it would. <laughs> I think it would actually push ufology into the mainstream. I don't think so because I think I think I think ufology itself as a system is is. Uh, by default has to be sort of in the fringes, right? Any ufology that becomes mainstream is just science. It would just be a, a, a field of, of science. It would be, you know, um, uh, you know, exobiology, or it would be, you know, uh, new forms of, of, you know, rocket science, I guess, whatever would be the new rocket. But it, it would just well, be... Well, that's a, where, you know, we, where we get into the uh, the debate over what is ufology, you know, because if you're looking at it as the, <laughs> the study of these unidentified aerial phenomena, um, you know, that doesn't go away just because you have a spaceship that maybe can travel to an extraterrestrial that doesn't well, stop unidentified things from appearing in the sky. Right, unless you, as as Tom DeLonge claims, right, he has or they have the alien craft that that sort of causes unidentified flying objects to be seen, right? Like they have the bodies in the basement, in a sense. So ultimately, if if UFOs are are caused by this alien species or whatever it is, you know, if we follow the extraterrestrial hypothesis, um, if 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 we kind of have the body. Um, we could potentially go to where that body is, is from and ultimately answer the question. It would no longer be unidentified, right? We would have the source of UFOs. So we of would one have... species UFO, how does that answer oh, the entire yeah. question? Of what I mean of one species? If you have one body, how does that answer the question of every single extraterrestrial species that would exist in the universe? Uh, of course. So that then, so you're, you're sort of stating then that all species are visiting Earth? Or or one saying, is or two are right. Just, like, just because we know about one, if we did know about one, that doesn't that answers a question about one, but it opens the door to so many so many more questions. Oh, li- listen, I, I agree. I think that you know, you know, maybe would like would we still see UFOs in the sky if suddenly we developed technology that could, you know, travel through space and time? I don't know. Like, would this be like a do. Star Trek? Would, would this be a Star Trek scenario, right? Like, you know, suddenly the Vulcans would show up and be like, oh, shit, you just go to warp drive, we're here now, yeah? yeah. You know, Prime Directive no longer applies. I right. Think, you know, we can sort of, we can kind of have ideological discussions here all day long about various alien species, whether it's extraterrestrial at all, whether it's interdimensional, whether it's psycho... Like, we can, we can really sort of go on forever here and speculate as to the source of the UFO phenomenon, right? And and I'm not sure if this is sort of the round table. Mike, we could do it, sure. <laughs> but, um, you know, I think if he does, let's say, build a ship that can clearly do this, I mean, whatever alien species wear reverse engineering, um, you know, it's clearly advanced enough that, that has the ability to travel through space and time. Um, we would we would change fundamentally as a species, you know. I mean, we we would no longer be limited anymore by by our technology. We would be able to literally be everywhere and anywhere and any time, I guess, sort of within this this ship, right? Like we would become that which the UFO pilots are. And again, like I've said, that, that this is very much what I've been told is this is a program to slowly bring the story to the public. And I, I guess be, to the younger public, because the older public has already made their mind up, uh, whether we're not alone or we are alone. Um, I, I just to me and I know I'm going to go out on a really far limb out here over here but that's okay it's all right i'm willing to fall (laughs) (laughs) i just find interesting that you know he's got steve justice who 
he was a skunk works what uh not like vice president but he was pretty high up in the company to me and also i don't know if you're aware he was working uh, um, tom was working on on a uh, autobiography of bob lazar mm-hmm. now i find it interesting because he's the guy that says we have had these alien craft where would they come from at s4 and I guess where I'm going to put this is I, I wouldn't be surprised if they do all of a sudden say, yes, we, we did build this craft and here it is. Uh, and they just present it to us and the money doesn't add up. Like we're like, we thought that was going to cost billions. And again, I'm going out on a limb. I know I sound like a crazy person, but I just, it, it, it I'm telling you, this is a program to bring this topic to the public and get them slowly coming to the trough and drink that water and get them a little bit more acclimated for when they do say, oh, yeah, we've had these kinds of crafts all along. We've been building them for a long time. Lockheed Martin Skunk Works, yeah, we've we've been oh we have like 10 of them they fly out of s4 or area 51 and they're they're, they go everywhere and it would not surprise me one iota so i i and then i don't think it would kill ufology i think it actually would legitimize what we've all been interested in for a majority of our lives but i'm just i know i'm sounding crazy but i just have a feeling that they, <laughs> nobody sounds crazy so. here not at all no i know but, but i'm just saying well, that, that, that they it's to me maybe because i just uh i've listened to chris bledsoe and we share a little bit between us because we're both experiencers maybe i just i have a in, intuitive thought here that that that, that, that is going to happen where they're going to he's just going to show up and say yeah, we we have built this craft, and here it is, and and then people were gonna be blown away. I don't know, maybe I'm totally wrong, but we'll see. Only I time will tell. S- I certainly acknowledge that the spacecraft element to this company is by far the most sexiest thing. I mean, it mm-hmm. would be amazing if it happened, and you know, I think realistically. Um, because we don't know what's going to happen. It's one of those wait-and-see moments. Um, I won't hold my breath for that. But uh, <laughs> they're – and certainly not for $50 million. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe they figured something out. But like, like a lot of people, I, I think that sounds, sounds pretty undoable. But I'm happy to uh, sit on the sidelines and watch and, and see what happens. It sounds pretty exciting. But I think there's enough other elements to this company – that, uh, you know, have me pretty excited, I will say. I, you know, plenty of people have said, uh, this has been done before. And, and yes, it has. I mean, we have this team of people who are going to be investigating UFOs and other paranormal things. You know, obviously, it sounds a lot like NIDS. And, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, sure exactly. enough, they, they have <laughs> Dr. Colm Kelleher, you know, who was with NIDS. So I think that's fascinating that he is um, a consultant on this team. And uh, I, I think that's pretty exciting. And, you know, yes, we, we already had NIDS. But 
you know, am I upset this to is, have another NIDS? Hell no. This is the public version, it, I guess. You know? Exactly. And I don't care who's doing it. It's it's more research. So that's fantastic. And it, I just want to touch on this. It's funny because we brought up Stephen Greer before and, and you know, Tom, when, when Tom was starting out with his uh, veering into UFOs and UFO research, um, yeah, D- Greer was one of the first people he went to and was heavily involved with Greer. Um, that's dissipated. But um, one of the other consultants for To the Stars Academy is Dr. Gary Nolan. And I don't know if you guys remember Dr. Gary Nolan, but he's the doctor who Greer used um, to do some of the analysis on his tiny little alien that he found in the hmm. Atacama Desert. And oh. Gary Nolan um, is the one who said, yeah, it's human. <laughs> so, but I thought that that little little uh, Greer tie-in was kind of funny. Yeah. One thing... Oh, sorry. No, go ahead, Mike. Well, one thing I was going to bring up earlier, um, you know, if, if we put ourselves in Tom's shoes for a minute, if it's any of us who was approached or we had the opportunity to meet with high government officials, I think it'd be really hard to kind of not be influenced by kind of what they say, right? Um, for sure. I, Tom, Tom's a smart guy. Like I said, when the first, you know, when he first got his big paycheck for Blink back in the day when, you know, I think when they signed a deal with MCA and Dude Ranch came out, the first thing he spent his money on was a computer just to research UFOs. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, he's a smart guy. He's passionate about this. At the same time, though, Tom's very smart. He's very creative. But he's very uh, – he's, he's influenced by a lot of stuff. If you look at his musical career, kind of the bands he's influenced, um, you know, kind of Blink Sound and Boxstar Racial Angels and Airwaves, he's influenced by stuff around him as well. So you take a guy like that, somebody with, you know, creativity, talent, you put him, you know, in a room of influential people – uh, Tom's could feed off that. So I'm definitely thinking Tom could easily be influenced here by people in the government, um, people uh, with a business sense. I think that's why, like I said, I think Tom's, at the end of the day, he's a guy with integrity and he wants to do the right thing. But that's why I think the business model uh, to the stars is problematic because he's probably having the wrong people say, oh, um, you know, they're throwing these corporate buzzwords at him. Let's make it a, what, what do they call it? A, Public benefit a, corporation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's like, I think, you know, Tom's having all these different people in his ear, you know, whether it's a government official, uh, someone from Skunk Works, etc. And I think that's definitely influencing the direction of everything going forward. And, uh, you know, I think if you put any of us in his shoes, that would be hard to say that we would not be influenced in that way. You know, we have these people, you have high ranking officials, you know, you'd be weary of them as well, just because what we know from the past of uh, people being manipulated and controlled and managed, you know, whatever you want to call it. But I think it would be hard for anyone not to be kind of at all at the opportunity to speak to people, you know, with these, these um, you know, uh, high ranking uh, positions. Well, and that brings me to, uh, you know, a point I wanted to make and bring up and, and talk to you guys a little bit about because it's something that we've all seen and, and certainly probably experienced ourselves in our own careers. But, you know, Tom's a great great illustration for this point right now because it's just such a popular issue um it doesn't really matter who you are or what you do in this field you're just kind of you're damned <laughs> you know you you're, you're not going to win in the the ufo world um you can be a rich guy with money and put your money into ufos but the community is not going to accept you. They're going to find a way to pick apart everything you're trying to do, um, no matter how grand it is, and uh, find fault with it and cast you out before you've even started. So I, I do find that interesting. I find it, you know, interesting how 
we're always clamoring for people to put their money where their mouths are, people to fund research, people to put together these organizations to do uh, you know research that costs a lot of money, but we're clamoring for government officials to come forward and talk on this topic, and then when they do, we don't believe them anyway. And that was a funny <laughs> thing too with all these people wanting disclosure from Tom DeLonge and these former government officials, it it wouldn't have mattered if he would have said, my pals here sitting on these stools behind me told me that aliens are real and we have a, a deal with them and we've got all this stuff going on. <laughs> like, yeah, that's coming from former government and military officials. You think the UFO community would say, oh, okay, we believe them now because they said what we want to hear. No, I think that's a good point. And, um, and, you know, compared to you guys, I'm relatively new, I think, to this field. Uh, I mean, like I said, I've been reading about it and researching this stuff, you know, privately for a long time. But, you know, publicly, you know, the past two years. So I'm relatively new, I guess, into the field. But it's very divisive. Um, it's very – I was really surprised by how, how divisive it is just and how, you know, um, there's, there's lines drawn in the sand with certain things. And there's a lot of waters that get easily muddied. And uh, I think that's just if, – if anything, that, you know – doesn't help progress uh, ufology forward. It just kind of stagnates it. Exactly. I, I, I would agree wholeheartedly. Um, I want to get your guys' take on Jacques Vallée, how he wrote the forward to the first book, and then supposedly, I haven't heard this confirmed, I haven't heard it from him, you know, Jacques Vallée himself, but he's apparently parted ways with Tom DeLonge because he sees that this is, a money grab, so to speak. I mean, I'm going to be perfectly honest. Uh, Robbie Graham, who I respect immensely, was uh, in my ear a lot this past year saying that, you know, Jacques Vallée had parted ways and that he wants nothing to do with Tom now. But then I have Grant Cameron messaging me saying, no, that's wrong. Uh, that's not true. He's still very much a part of the program. Uh, he may not be physically seen but he's still very much part of this you know nids 2.0 and i just find it interesting that um that you uh, jason actually you hit the nail right on the head it's it's exactly it's nids but a new version of nids just with some newer people so i don't know what what, what are your guys's take well yeah I, i'm seeing a lot of that now with all of a sudden, because Tom DeLonge and To The Stars Academy are hot, exciting issues in the UFO world, and all of a sudden we see all sorts of people um, having these discussions uh, about Tom and what he's doing and who he's meeting with, um, a lot of people claiming to have inside information, and you know we don't know how these people have that information, um, you know where it's coming from, I do find it fascinating that it's sprung up a lot. I do know that having worked with Tom and knowing how Tom operates, you know, he does have a very wide network. And, you know, just because he had Valet write a forward to his book, um, that might be the only involvement that Valet has and is still, like, in that um, circle of uh, 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 people to pull from or, or people that Tom keeps in t contact with, but that may be all 
the involvement is. But again, we're, we're basing a lot of this stuff off of what so-and-so is saying they heard or so-and-so heard from this person that this is happening with Tom and the organization. Well, and that's be... a lot with UFOs. I, I just want to say that, that that happens a lot. And, you know, people aren't very good about citing verifiable sources. And we just start choosing whose comments we want to believe. No, I, and I agree. I, I will say Chris Bledsoe was the source of that sure. to, uh, to Grant Cameron saying mm-hmm. that he's still very much a part of this project, but kind of like in the background. And then Robbie Graham had been telling me for the last couple of months. Again, I love Robbie Graham. He probably wrote the best UFO book that isn't really about UFOs uh, in the last 10 years. Uh, silver screen saucers i give him props but he, he was in my ear saying chris you have to like drop this dolan thing he it, the announcement's going to be nothing too exciting and uh jacques valet is you know no longer part of it so i just i i don't know i don't know i can't make heads or tails of that but and I, I want to caution people i mean i don't know why we have to jump in one boat or another like i <laughs> I no, try to I, try I, to I, tell people to just like, guys, just sit back and write it out. Like I always equate this stuff to like the next Star Wars movie or something where people want to have their shit right now. You know, they want to see the next trailer. They want to have everything answered right now. They can't wait. They have no patience. And, you know, Tom is somebody who gets very amped and excited about what he does. And so for many months, he kept telling people, I've got some exciting stuff coming to you. I can't wait to tell you. And people didn't like that because they didn't like to be teased. They wanted the information now. So they ripped him for for teasing an announcement that took a long time to come. But, you know, people, I understand the frustration and wanting information now and wanting to, you know, form opinions on everything right now, right out of the bat after an announcement has been made. And that's fine. People are free to do that. But I'm going to sit back and write it out and see what comes of it. And hey, if we get some cool stuff, I'm excited. Agreed. Agreed. I would agree 100%. It's almost like, you know, it's kind of like sports. You know, you want to see a winner and a loser right away. You know, and I think kind of... Our generation nowadays is very AD, you know, ADD, and you know, having to wait stuff out. And the thing is, you know, this project's going to take years. Just the Secret Machines itself is going to be. I mean, there's going to be six books total. You know, uh, two more um, nonfiction and two more fiction, which is a kind of another thing. You know, to kind of go back to earlier about um, Tom. You know, with the, the you know blending the entertainment aspect involved as well, and then. Also, you know, the idea of a slow disclosure. And, you know, I really hope Tom isn't drinking the Kool-Aid on that because I think it's insulting that we as a public need a slow disclosure at this point. Um, you know, I think we're more than, you know, we're more than uh, willing and functional to be able to accept, you know, a, a glimmer of the truth. Just as it is. I agree with that. And I've never bought into the bullshit of, you know, the government not telling us because they don't think we're ready to handle the truth or whatever that is, you know, so I'm, I'm with you there. I mean, I, I think that the truth, uh, (laughs) disguised as, as fiction, you know, isn't 
something that we need. I understand the the the, the function that that serves and the uh, the audience that that really caters to. You know, and I applaud him for getting younger audiences interested in this topic and and fueling their passion and and uh, hopefully getting people to research, do their own research, and then make up their own minds. But you know, if there really is some earth shattering major information that this organization has, I, I would like to think that they would respect people enough to, you know, say, here is the information, not here is an elephant who flies a jet plane. That jet plane has alien technology. Yay. I think, um, I think Jason, you hit on an interesting point, um, in, in regards to, um, you know, inspiring a new generation and and bringing people sort of to sort of the UFO field, let's say, and and, and I think that my concern, and again, sort of for all listeners who don't know, my background is more sort of in culture and, and subcultures, so I approach the UFO question not necessarily sort of as to what UFOs are. I, I I'm not really sure. Uh, ultimately, I look at sort of the community itself or the subculture itself, and I think um, Tom DeLong. Um, and I hope he's listening and and I have nothing but the utmost respect for him. But I think what Tom potentially needs to be aware of um, is that uh, based on who he is, um, his um, influence, what, his ideological influence is significant. Um, and I think a lot of people within the UFO community um, view him as a sort of threat to the balance. Um, the UFO community is very much sort of a dem- democratic, if not sort of an, an, an anarchy style system, right? No one really is the poster boy or poster girl of UFOs. There's no um, governing body. There's no ivory tower. There's sort of no throne of ufology. And and um, Tom DeLong, due to his sort of place within the world, his wealth, his, his like I said, his sort of cultural influence, um, I think for some people, he's sort of positioning himself to be the poster boy of ufology. And um, to people within the UFO community, I think they view it as um, once he starts speaking, no one else is going to be able to speak, right? His voice will drown the rest of us out. Um, and from a subcultural perspective, um, that is is dangerous. And, and generally what occurs is in sort of subcultural arenas, you know, the person who steps up and says, I am now the king of the castle, the subculture quickly turns on um, and and very quickly tries to, to tear them down because they um, sort of challenge the the all of the other ideologies that exist within the subculture. And I think Tom just needs to be aware of, of sort of one key aspect, and, and it's that his voice is very loud um, and if it drowns the rest of ufology out in the process, um, you know, is he doing fundamental damage to ufology itself? Assuming he's sort of doesn't have necessarily the answer to the UFO question. You know, if he doesn't have the answer to the UFO question, um, then he, he's this, this sort of a significant risk, I think. And, and, and um, I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on this. Well, self-confidence uh, has never been a strength of, of the UFO community. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. Um, MJ, I love you. I love your work, but I can totally disagree. I hope, I think I've wrote this on your Facebook uh, uh, wall when you he, uh, the announcement was made. I hope the tsunami washes ufology away. I hope it does. Because, again, we've been lazy. 
nobody has done what he's been able to do. And if it gets us even a millimeter forward than what we were right now, I'm all for it. Because it, it we collectively have not done our jobs. And myself included. I haven't got off my keister and pounded the pavement and gone to my people that I know and say, Yeah, I wanna I wanna be into the into the know. And how do I get to do that? No, I'm on the periphery. I'm just a, per, a researcher who doesn't have a blog, who doesn't have a website, who doesn't have a book. I don't want any of that stuff. But if he and this project moves that needle just a little bit forward, it'll be all worth it. And I think the UFO researchers out there who are grumbling and crying about this are, A, crying because they didn't think of this, two, they see the money opportunity that they missed out on. And three, they're just, they're jealous. And I know some, some researchers on uh, Facebook have said, Chris, we're not jealous because it's all crap. Well, how do you know that he hasn't released anything just yet? So to be that egotistical and say, uh, it it is going to be nothing. You know what? Then let the tsunami come and wash all that crap away. Please. Right, so I guess the problem is that the tsunami hinges upon the fact that Tom DeLonge actually knows what causes sort of UFOs to occur, right? Like this this all hinges upon the presupposition that he has the answer to the UFO question. Um, and, and I don't know, like I, that's a big ballsy claim to make, I have to be honest. I mean, to, to suggest that the United States government knows what causes UFOs, for example, it, it, that is also ballsy. I mean, that, that again, assumes that, like, you know, extraterrestrials are real, that there's bodies somewhere in the basement, we've reverse engineered. Like, I, I don't know, I, I feel like we're just kind of speculating here again, and we're just kind of... Well, can I ask a fair question? Have you listened to any of his interviews he's done in the last year, whether it be Fade to Black with Jimmy Church, the interview on Coast to Coast with George Knapp, or anything i'm not i'm not trying to get no you know no no i certainly have not no (laughs) all right well if you have and maybe you would go back and listen to it because they're on youtube he does say that the u.s is aware and they do have this technology uh warehoused and it's for certain reasons get this information because it shouldn't be classified anymore. Um, but there's some aspects that are super. Now, this is where, to me, it gets a little bit murky. He says um, the reason why some of it's secret still to, the, to, to, to this day is because it's too scary for the public to deal with. Now, that I don't really buy, but whatever. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Um, he makes mention, and this is interesting because this is a big theme in UFOs throughout the years is he talks about how UFOs should shut off nuclear weapons or turn them on. And that's a national security threat. And that's why partly the reason why the U.S. government deemed them as a threat. In In the announcement, what did that Lewis, I can't think of his last name, he looked at aerial, uh, advanced aerial threats. That's what they named it now. They don't call it UFOs. They don't call it fast movers. Um, They definitely have a project or have a project or had a project 
or still ongoing project that they do study, I guess, this topic, uh, not in a sense of like little green men, but aerial threats. Maybe, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I just, and again, you're in, I love you, MJ again, love your work at Terra Obscura, but you're quintessentially exactly just like every other UFO researcher who has not done the homework on Tom DeLong, they're speaking about him without doing or listening to everything he said. Well, let's focus and on I the know- spacecraft because the spacecraft is a big thing that we've talked about. And, and it, you know, it, it seems like an incredible claim. But mm-hmm. what what has been said about this spacecraft they're going to build and the technology they're going to build? Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't believe that, you know, this group has said that it's alien technology or it's something the government has warehoused somewhere. They've said that based on what has been observed, they can create this. Isn't that right? Yes. Okay. And, it, it, and I don't know if any of you are familiar of the Mark McCandless story sure. of Norton Air Force Base. That mm-hmm. seems totally familiar, the same thing, where they built those ARVs. They were in that hangar, whether they were or not. I'm just going off of what Mark McCandless had said uh, of his friend who went to this air show at Nor- Norton Air Force Base, and I would want to say in the late 80s, and where the, the general came in and said, yeah, we have one little one, we have a medium-sized one, and we have a big one. And they're not alien, they're ours. We developed this. So it, it, to me, it's in the realm of possibility. I think a lot of what people see at Area 51 or even S4 is ours and not so much theirs. I don't even think we, well, again, I don't know whether you believe in Bob Lazar, but whatever, but maybe we don't have any. Maybe we developed all of them. I don't know. But this, this, uh, the possibility of this craft where they said they, they I know Hal Putoff has worked on theoretical theories of um, time warp, or uh, not time warp, uh, but um, bending time and space. That's all out there. I mean, that's exactly what uh, Tom, uh, not Tom Delon, uh, Bob Lazar was talking about. So I don't know. We'll just, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, I mean, they claim that, uh, you know, what they're doing is is uh, all with technology that uh, currently exists. So <laughs> we'll, we'll see how that rolls out. And just a little comedic side note here. Um, I, I don't know about you guys, but the first time I heard about ARVs, alien re- reproduction vehicles, the first thing that popped in my mind was <laughs> spacecraft that, like, uh, you know, yeah, you know where I'm going with this. I thought oh, aliens uh, were, yeah, like, yeah. reproducing. Reproducing. These. Yeah. Oh. So... Yeah, yeah, that confused me for a while, but I I was disappointed (laughs) when I found out that that was not the case. Well, guys, we've talked about this for quite a while, and there's certainly no no shortage of things to talk about with this, and it's going to continue giving us uh, material for discussion, uh, hopefully for years to come. But for today, let's go ahead and wrap this up, and I want to give each of you um, a closing comment, and I guess I will just ask you guys... What do you want to see from To The Stars Academy of Arts and Science that you think is realistic, something that, uh, based on what you've seen, they could realistically attain? Um, So I guess we'll go with that and start with you, Chris. 
Um, basically what they said, gun camera footage, documents, radar data, anything like that just to show the layman out there that, yes, this phenomenon is real. The U.S. government is aware of it. They were aware of it and have been aware of it. And they have not told you for certain reasons, good, right, or wrong. But I hope this project at least does that. And I think already it kind of has with the book, the two books already somewhat. Um, but that's what I'm hoping for. Mike, what are your closing thoughts and uh, hopes for To the Stars Academy? Um, as far as hopes, pretty much what Chris said, um, you know, I really want to see the documentary footage. I know Tom's been sitting on documentary footage for the past two years, I think since he started the Secret Machines project. Right. So I'm really stoked to see that. There's even a trailer that leaked as well. Yeah. Um, I think it's on YouTube somewhere, but that's what I'm looking forward to. I want to see that documentary footage. That's because, you know, I have a journalist background, you know, I'm a journalism guy. So I want to see that footage. I want to see him interviewing people. You know, I want, that's the stuff I want to see, you know, as far as the, you know, the, from the to the stars Academy, any technological advances I think would be great, but I'm not holding my breath on them. Um, give me, give me that documentary footage. Uh, that's what I want to see. Um, and I think, I think one of the reasons why they're doing that, I think that they sped that up because uh, I think the backlash for the announcement, because the next day Tom was on Instagram posting all his promises. Oh, by the way, uh, we're going to do this now. Uh, we have these footage we're going to show you. We're going to do this weekly show. Uh, and I think that was in part due to the initial um, backlash or Tom didn't get the reception he expected from the UFO community from the initial announcement. Either way, whether, you know, if that was planned or that was, you know, from the backlash uh, I think if we get that footage and just some of that information, I think that would be great. And um, yeah, that's what I want to see. And MJ, what would uh, what could To the Stars Academy do to, uh, in your mind, make it a worthwhile addition to the field of ufology? Um, I, I think any um, any advancement in in critical thought, um, whether To the Stars is a smashing success or a terrible failure. Um, I think we hope at the end of the day that UFO discourse and, and the UFO culture sort of walks away a little more critical, um, as well as mainstream culture and popular culture walks away a little more critical of the world around it. And I'm sure, you know, as somebody who, who you know, studies culture, you know, seeing this announcement and seeing the reaction <laughs> and just the the... The polarization that happens within the UFO community has just been absolutely fascinating to observe, right? Yeah, it, you know, it's it's it's. I'm in the process of writing a book right now, so it's it's been interesting. And I'm, I'm oh, sort that's of, fodder know, right I, there. <laughs> you know, and that's the you know, and I'm 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 on the fence a little bit because I I almost. It's funny because when you write a book, you you don't think about it's an immediate post. For example, like you know, you're yeah. like looking really you know a year or two you know down the road when the book gets published. You know, do I want to talk about this? Because ultimately, right. you know, in two years, um, is this still going to be a thing? Uh, uh, you know, is it going to still exist or or is it going to be um, something worth talking about? You know, and it could be right. Like you, you never know. Right. As Chris said, you know, um, you know, this vehicle may exist. And not only that, you know, Tom DeLong may be totally sincere and and evidence in these documentaries might be astounding you know unseen footage and, and gun camera footage or whatever so like you know obviously i walk away just sort of as someone who's interested in ufos that i want to see um 
I, I would obviously love to see additional evidence to support, you know, one of the theories of, of what's behind the UFO phenomenon. Um, but, you know, you have to be cautious, I think. I, I think I think from a cultural standpoint and just from, sort of from a critical standpoint, you just you need to kind of walk around with caution. Um, and the only thing the only thing we know about UFOs is uh, that we don't know anything about UFOs. Well, it's a very good point. And I, I think that, you know, something I, I try to convey as often as possible. And I hope that people, anybody who spent any amount of time studying UFOs has learned. And I know there are plenty of people out there who still think that skeptic is a bad word. And it certainly can be in, in certain contexts. But I, I agree with you, man. I mean, in this field, especially, I think it's it's required. And, uh, you know, I don't know, you have to approach this subject and the things in this field with cautious skepticism. I think that's responsible. And you know how any responsible um, researcher should approach a subject. So yeah, I, I like my wait and see attitude. Um, I don't know, I'm, I'm mostly optimistic that at least something will come out of this but guys this has been fun and i want to do it again soon because we uh i think we just scratched the surface with this and there are a lot of a lot of deeper things that we could get into where this roundtable format is fantastic so thank you all for participating in this and uh we'll see where it goes thanks very much thank you yeah no uh thank you jason i appreciate it it was good to finally quote-unquote meet mj and uh chris so it's great talking to you guys you too mike yeah it's been an honor guys it's been an honor as you've heard and no doubt seen for yourself the announcement by tom DeLong regarding the formation of the to the stars academy of arts and science has stirred things up in the ufo world and that's a good thing it's not surprising at all to see all the varying reactions and for people to have strong opinions about something like this as with all things in the UFO research world, it's important for people to decide for themselves how to react to such news, if at all, and also to decide for themselves if they want to actively support it. I've always been a little surprised by the knee-jerk reaction tendency of many within the UFO research field. Many tend to form an immediate opinion of something, then stick to that opinion regardless of any changes or new information produced. I always stress that I think it's incredibly crucial for anyone, especially a researcher in this field, to always remain objective, continue evaluating information and situations as they develop, and allow your opinion to morph over time if things support that change. As with all things that come out of my mouth, I'm just sharing my opinion with you. And as I've openly disclosed, I've worked for Tom DeLong, so perhaps I'm biased. But I respect the heck out of the guy. He's got some serious UFO chops. His passion is genuine. And he's not doing what he's doing for the money. I think any endeavor that has even a small possibility of producing any sort of UFO information or enhances or encourages further UFO study is incredibly worthwhile. We aren't obligated to cast our votes get tattoos to proclaim our loyalties, or put all of our eggs in one basket. Initial reactions are fine, but the wait-and-see approach is a wise course of action with most things in life. 
Well, that is it for this episode of Unknown. A big thank you to the roundtable participants today, Chris Wolford, Mike DeMonte, and MJ Benias. RoguePlanet.tv is the website for this podcast. It's where you can always find episodes of this show and other related content. The show is also on iTunes. If you haven't already, it would be a big help if you would go to iTunes and rate and review the show. As always, I encourage you to give me feedback on the show. I want to hear what topics interest you. What things do you want to hear about on Unknown? Shoot me an email at jason at rogueplanet.tv or send me a message on Twitter or Facebook. I'm acentric on Twitter and Instagram. That's A-C-E-C-E-N-T-R-I-C. And I'm the UFO Geek on Facebook. One last note. Maureen Ellsbury and I are back with a brand new episode of Spacing Out. Look for that on the Rogue Planet YouTube channel or on rogueplanet.tv. Thanks so much for listening today. I'm Jason McClellan. Do me a favor, friends. Stay strange. Unknown is a Rogue Planet production. For more episodes and other related content, visit rogueplanet.tv.